Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Madam Perry's Salon, the podcast in the Genie Bottle, the podcast that loves you. I am your hostess, your groove mistress, and your spiritual advisor, Madam Perry. But you can call me Jen, Jennifer, JP, Miss Perry, whatever, or Perry. That's all good with me. I'm just happy that you're here and happy that so many people are following. Let me say, first of all, you know, now that... um. Well, now that we're all in our homes a lot more and people have been asking for more more content, more shows and and uh luckily somehow I I get the nicest people to come on my show, such a variety of people and I am so grateful and so blessed and thank each and every one of you. Uh because you listen and you follow and you share it, that's how I'm able to get more people uh, that you want to meet. And one of the things I like very much, when people leave reviews on, say, Stitcher podcast page or Apple iTunes, uh, one of the things I I really love the most is when you say you like the fact that I might have on some people that you do know well, people that have some fame, or people that you've never heard of, Maybe they write about things or do things that you've never heard of and that you like it all the same, learning new people, new things, as well as seeing some of your favorites. By the way, last week we had Don Most was here on Wednesday night. Don Most, you first knew him as Donnie Most, Ralph Mouth from Happy Days. and uh, But he's got a couple of virtual video. what's it called? Virtual, a viral vignette. Uh, one that he did with actor Robert Wool, and um, I posted that. And also uh, something he's doing on Amazon Prime with his old Happy Days castmate, Anson Williams, and it's called Harvest Time, and I showed a pilot for that. And uh, plus he's, he's, he's a swing singer, he, he, uh, so he's going to come back again soon. He's also going to send me some stuff from his new CD. Also, Bruce Sudano was on Thursday. Uh, you know Bruce. This is the second time here. You know him from if you if you've been around as long as me, you know him from bands like Alive and Kickin' and Brooklyn Dreams, or from all the songs he wrote and performed for and with his late wife Donna Summer. And so he's got a new CD. Uh, it's called Spirals, Volume One. It's an EP about five songs. And and so uh, Bruce sweetheart of a guy. Yeah, we did the interview while he was sitting in his car getting ready to go to his granddaughter's birthday or at least as close as he could get. And uh, sweetheart of a guy there. Also, um, last night we had a psychic, Vincent Jenna, uh, Jenna, Vincent Jenna, and he was on last night and uh, I'll be sharing all the information for anybody that wants to get in touch with him. And coming up, let me tell you, and like I say, because because you subscribe and share 
podcast with your friends. You make it so much easier for me to uh, continue to get great guests like we've been having, like I've got coming up in the next two weeks, and like I've got tonight. Um, Oh, if you listened last week, you heard the show we did called um, Looking Forward, uh, Imagining Life After COVID-19. Logistics specialist and sci-fi thriller writer Will Hare pulled that together, and he brought in um, an astronomer and plant life biologist, Thomas Watson, um, the actor, director, filmmaker, Eric Shoemaker, and also a woman who's a a trained circle aerialist, musician, sci-fi writer, and an expert in finance, and uh, brought in her. Well, Eric, uh, and it was a great show, the the four of them on, talking about things. And since I had smart people on, I didn't have to say anything, just sit and drink tea. And uh, that was cool. But Eric Shoemaker is going to be here tomorrow night. And Mary Fine will be here next Monday. And so we got all kinds of stuff coming up. Anyway, I you might have seen my post on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook about tonight's show. I have really excited about this author from the first thing I read about her and her newest book. I thought, now here's something I haven't had before that I need right now on the show. And I am so thrilled to have her here. Uh, she's no newbie to writing, and many of you probably know her already. She's been writing science fiction and fantasy since, I'm told, since she was 12. Uh, and then discovered erotica at 16. Uh, and continues to write. She writes a lot of sci-fi, as I said, in fantasy and what do you all know is my favorite place to be? Steampunk. So, yes, so it's like I'm reading about this lady, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, if only she would be my new best friend, this would be the coolest thing in the world. So please let me welcome for her first time here into the genie bottle and hope she's comfortable on a nice nice cushion, Monique <laughs> Poirier. Welcome to Madam Perry's Salon. Hello. Thank you for having me. I am delighted to have you here. Can you hear me okay? It's kind of Yes, I can. We'll be in here. Good, 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 good. Have you ever been inside a genie bottle before? I have not. <laughs> okay, good, good. Well, I hope you're comfortable here. And um, I, I ask because some people have, most people haven't, but you, I don't know. I figure it's, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Well, I've been in a bunch of places, but a genie bottle is a new one. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I never said anything like that. And then one of my first guests went and Rose told everybody all over the Internet, I've been to Madame Perry's salon, it's like Jeannie's bottle. And so everybody goes, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I get it now. Well, let me tell you, I, first reading about you, I, I was a sci-fi fan, sci-fi and fantasy fan from the time I was a kid. You know, I just loved to read. And in uh, what, was it, what we call grammar school, elementary school, my best friend and I, was reading, and then um, only in the last several years I've got into steampunk. So when I read that uh, you've been featured at uh, in Beyond Victoriana, which I was reading mm-hmm. earlier, uh, Silver Goggles, um, the book Anatomy of Steampunk, the fashion. Oh my gosh, that's what I'm saying. 
I'm going, oh, God, I hope Monique likes me. I want her to be my best friend now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll get to be good friends. Okay, good. Uh, do you go out to many steampunk conventions or sci-fi conventions, I'm sure? Um, well, the you conventions can... I wanted to go to have all been canceled this year. I was going to go to WizCon. I was going oh. to go to ReaderCon, but those are both tabled because of this illness. Um, mm-hmm. ReaderCon is kind of my home con. Uh, TempleCon Rhode Island used to be my absolute home con, and it was a steampunk con, but it ended two years ago. So there's kind of a void in the New England steampunk scene. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, have you ever been to what, Dragon Con? Uh, I have not been to Dragon Con. I have been to um, San Francisco Comic Con once in 2007. Really? Yes. Wow. Just as a fan, not as any kind of, you know. (laughs) But... uh, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've never been to Dragon Con, even though it's right here in Atlanta where I live. I used to go to the Atlanta Sci-Fi and Fantasy Festival a lot. But, um, I've been to the Steampunk World Fair several faded. times, which is now called the Cogs. <gasps> oh, you Expo. have? Uh-huh. Um, nice. But I haven't been in the last few years because I've had things come up right around that time of year. Mm-hmm. Well, I go to uh, the last three years I've been, well, this year and the last two, um, talk about things stopping and conventions stopping because of this illness, because of the COVID-19. Um, mm-hmm. This was my third year. Back in March was my third year doing a presentation at Wild Wild West Con, which is ah. punk in a western village. And it was the first weekend in March. And this year I also get, did a live broadcast there with James Springer from Creative Play and Podcast Network. And the funny thing, Monique, I know <laughs> – you know this. We were leaving because you know we're in this little western town that's built for. It was created for um, TV and films to be made, mm-hmm. western TV, and so we're all in this little western town in our western steampunk outfit. And then of course we leave on Sunday. And everybody goes, don't forget to change your clocks, move your clocks in. <laughs> and after that, we're all, then we get home and everything is shut down. Uh, we had a steampunk band from Italy. They go back home and everything is seriously locked down when they walk in. And I just said, and we were saying, you know, it's like we had no idea we were there in our own little little western world, steampunk world. We all leave Sunday, most of us. We turn our clocks forward. How did we know we were going from that into the twilight zone? We didn't know. You know, but that's how it feels. See, my, my day job is in the medical field, so I've kind of had my ear to the ground on this for a long time, and I saw this coming. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, then, got it. yeah, yeah. So, you know, we were, you know, but we had some aware, but not as much as you knew or other people knew. All right. Well, let's talk about your newest book. You've got a lot. I'd love for you to talk about more, all of them, but I know I've got to talk about your newest book first. It's called, help me if I'm wrong, Psygenic. And what I posted out on social media, uh, on, on the Twitter and Facebook, was uh, the line that uh, I got from, I uh, said, so this is from Riverdale Avenue Publishers, and it started with the line, what happens when a sex robot demands its own rights. So yes, that is kind of the crux of the book. Tell us about Cygenic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, 
Sajak is set in a world, it's kind of like a alternate present or near future where there's a class of people who are cyborgs and they are created individuals. Um, kind of think of Detroit Become Human, the video game, or BBC's series Humans, it's that kind of a world. Mm-hmm. And it's an exploration of how humanity would interact with this underclass of people who don't have to be treated like people. Um, and the answer goes to some pretty dark places. There's there's a lot of people out there who would use and abuse and dispose of such people. Um, mm. And the story follows um, two individuals. The main protagonist is a Cygenic named Dante, uh, who started off quite well in life. He was a professor's project uh, in education, and he was classically educated. And then things went wrong for him, and the story is mostly about things getting right for him again. Mm -hmm. With the help of the second protagonist, Nate, who is a human, who they're both in kind of a hurting place when they meet and they help each other heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of culminates yeah. in, in okay. Dante deciding he needs to start a social revolution to gain psychic right. All right. So, um, yeah, because when, when I was reading the description, you know, Dante, blonde, beautiful, brilliant, because he was made that way, and... Uh, but he's reduced, his life is reduced to just being used. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just so he's technically a machine, not a person, but he's just being considered a piece of uh, wetware that happens to be hardware. Yeah, that happens to a thing and feel like a There's human. The term in the book is wetware, um, which is something you hear a lot if you read cyborg stories. <laughs> uh-huh. So... Tell me, where did you um, – tell me where you came up with the genesis of the idea for this story, because it sounds like – I've it's right always been really interested in cyborg narratives. Like when I was a little kid, I had a crush on Commander Data. Um, mm, yeah. <laughs> the the not-quite-human characters have always been my favorite ones. Um and seeing the human reaction to the not-quite-human characters. And I like to explore imbalances of power in relationships. Um, If you're familiar with the fanfiction community and fanfic tagging, hurt slash comfort is my jam. But for me personally, it has to be a different person doing the hurting than the comforting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, now... Is this your first sci-fi book that touches on erotica or not? This is my first full-length novel of sci-fi erotica. I've written a bunch of short stories, which are all available um, from Circlet Press, which is now under Riverdale Press. Um, Oh, okay. But this is my first full-length novel on the subject. And so what what was it like... um, if you read a lot and you watch a lot, you're interested in the genre, how do you create characters that aren't too much like something you've already seen? How do you – and, and I'm asking you this because 
what I write, besides promotional copy for authors or people, is is creative nonfiction or humor. So I have no idea how all of you writers create the characters and the plots and the backstories, and, I, and it still fascinates me and, and stymies me. So I just want to know, how do you create characters in this world that aren't going to be too much like something you've already seen, where it won't look like it's a copy or a or a ripoff. Well, I approach world building first. That's just me as a writer. I I build the world, then I decide who's going to live in it, who I'm going to follow, then I build the character, and then story comes at a very distant third usually. Ooh, um, okay. I have a background in developmental psychology. I've always made up characters like from the time I was a little child. It, it's kind of how I understand other people is to fictionalize concepts and ideas and conversations and um, like I don't, I don't I don't know if I could make a copy of somebody else's character because to me a character is a person and all people are vastly different because of their backstory, of their life, their experience. Um, and I'm making all of that up. Mm-hmm. Like you, you couldn't okay. achieve a Commander Data without Commander Data's whole backstory and all yeah. his universe that led to that backstory. So you were talking about you, know, you build a world first, and is this where is this how? Because um, I wanted to ask about what your process as a writer, your experience is is this how you begin every book, and then and then you describe it now, and then when did it start get to? What will you tell me in your own words? Um, hmm. <laughs> How do I build worlds? Um, usually it well, starts you build with... Worlds, yeah. mm-hmm. I start with something that I've read that I'm slightly dissatisfied with mm-hmm. uh, and take off in a completely opposite direction of where that work took off, usually. Um Okay. I have not. I wrote Cygenic because I had not seen an erotic cyborg novel that I really liked the resolution of. Uh, and lots of the things that I approach in Cygenic are direct um, criticisms of certain tropes in the genre. Um, at some point, Dante goes on a rant about humans being paternalistic towards cyborgs, and that is very much a theme that comes up in cyborg fiction a lot, of, of denying cyborgs' agency and waffling over whether or not they're able to make decisions. Um, I just go ahead and say, didn't have my cyborg characters say, no, we're completely able to make decisions. Let's not argue about that. Let's talk about the decision I'm making right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, good. Um, so what kind of issues does the book address about, say, the concept of personhood? Um, the, the protagonist's main issue is that some people in the world do not consider him a person. Um, and he very much considers himself one and was brought up. He's Unlike most cyborgs, he actually had a childhood. Uh, most cyborgs are created mm-hmm. as adults for their, their role, but he was created as a child to be educated 
So he is worldlier than most other Cygenics. Um, and he has no questions about his own personhood and his own individuality and his own experiences. He does not question whether he's been programmed to feel the things he feels. He knows he hasn't. Um, but lots of people want to treat him as if he has, as if he's not actually able to make decisions as a free agent. And mm-hmm. that is something that he grapples with. I see, too, that when uh, the character Nate, this is Nate, this is described as a programming prodigy um, out of college working for a nonprofit dedicated to rehabilitating destitute cygenics. Um So, yeah, so the, I guess in the story, so they're being um, exploited or taken for granted. I mean, to think about being destitute. There's the... Agency that Nate works for essentially picks up the pieces from abandoned or trashed cygenics that have been discarded after their utility has been met, um, but are not utterly recycled and destroyed. They have not been killed yet, but they have been discarded from their primary purpose. So the agency tries to help them find a new purpose and a fulfilling life. Oh, okay. All right. Now, um, why? just to go back, I think I've started talking about this, but just to get a little more into it, um, why do you write books in the erotica and spec fiction genre? Or is that two different questions? I think that's two different questions. I write spec fic because the real world is boring, depressing, and anxiety-inducing. And I would (laughs) much rather have a world where I can look at what if. Uh Um, uh Okay, I got that. I like like to have control over the world and be able to make up its history Mm because then I can know all the nuanced details of the history in a way that I can't know in the real world. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Very good. That makes a lot of sense. It's like, it's like I don't like what's going on here. Let's <laughs> something else. Does anybody like what's going on here right now? We're living the dystopia. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, I had a uh, a client um, that I worked with last fall, and he had a dystopian novel, and one of the people I um, one of the uh, interviews that I had scheduled her on, the interviewer said, look, the more I read this book, while you're reading the book, this stuff is happening. Stop. <laughs> you're, 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 you're a prophet. Stop. Go back and rewrite it. Change it. Make things turn out good. So, but, yeah, nobody wants to feel totally powerless. and We also need an escape. And, yeah. Um, we, you know, we need something to kind of take us out of it just a little bit. You know, which is where where you provide for us. The, the, the uh, let me say that the genre of science fiction um, in the mixed sci-fi erotica is that a very very become a real popular genre? Because I've got to say I haven't had many clients in that, so I don't know. The intersection is interesting. Um, 
again, online fan fiction communities are kind of one of the the proving grounds of my childhood. And I was, you know, 14 and 15 years old. I discovered this and took off like a rocket, just reading everything that I could find because I couldn't find it at the library. I couldn't find it in mainstream mm-hmm. publishing. Um, because usually you have your, your romance section and mm-hmm. then you have your sci-fi section and you have a little bit of crossover, but not really. Um <laughs> And I I, I want to read about sexy robots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's the robot section and here's the sex section and never the twain shall meet. No, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I'm not alone because when you go online, when you suddenly have a voice that's divorced from the concept of sales, and people doing it for the love of it, suddenly there's a ton of this stuff. You can find it everywhere. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, you know those those emails people get? Um, I don't know if you've ever gotten them. I've had a few that say, hey, we've, we've cracked your computer. We've, we've caught videos of you watching porn or whatever. You've heard about those? <laughs> and I'm like, sure you have. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, every time I get one of those, you know, hey, uh, send me so much in cash or Bitcoin or whatever or else I'll be on the Internet. I'm thinking, yeah, go ahead. You know, <laughs> I'm not watching it. I'm old school. I want a book. I want something to build the world and give me the story and bring me in, okay? And, uh, like, I'm not just reading it. I'm writing it. Who are you going to publish this to? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I'd love the press. Who do you think I am? <laughs> I'm not an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so lazy. I just got to sit in front of a screen. Oh, I make it. Got to get a book, find the characters, fall in lust with them. That's where it all happens. I'm going uh, to give you a chance and me a chance to get a sip of water or something. I've got a little one-minute thing i got to play here, and then I'll be okay. right back with more Monique Poirier. So, Chuck. Talk to us about Fisdale being the Knicks' new coach. What's your uh, thoughts on that? Well, well, I'll I tell you right now, Ernie, it don't matter who's going to coach this team. They don't got no talent on it. And I don't, I don't really feel I talk That's as truth. I don't feel I talk about the Knicks right Do now. Do you talk about lunch? No. <laughs> what would you like to talk about, Chuck? See, Ernie, I've been listening to a podcast called Madame Perry Salon. And I think Jennifer Perry... She's a great host. I mean, she got all these bestseller authors, roster, produ- all the dip- comedians. What about people you that can- don't have rings? Here we go. I got Real fun. Ah, Real fun. Ah, but I think she's great, and I think people would love her show. She got a great laugh. She make- The laugh come out of nowhere, like an eagle come in there and just steal the whole show. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's not terrible. Has the mission been completed? You know that I have the greatest enthusiasm for it. All right, this is Madam Perry, Jen Perry. I am back with Monique Poirier. Monique, I am just um, so happy to have you here to talk about your new book, Cygenic, uh, Sci-Fi Erotica, Cyborgs, um, just great. Tell me, in, one of the things that people have talked about is that now in this time when we can't, people can't go on a book tour, you know, um, my specialty with clients is what I call the unconventional 
things where I don't just put them in bookstores. I'll put them in a wine bar, a art gallery, wherever. I'd be happy to put somebody in a um, in one of those places that gets where you get tires and stuff because there's people sitting there wanting something to read, right? Hey. <laughs> But um, <laughs> hey, hey, you know Charlie Wilson, the drummer for the Gap Band, when mm-hmm. he put his book out, he, you know, where he had a signing at the DMV. I think. Oh wow! Somewhere. Think how many bored people are at the DMV. Okay. I thought yeah, that was no, genius. that's it's an excellent place to sell books. <laughs> Heck yeah! So think about. Uh, so what? What about you? I mean, I imagine you've got this new book out. You know, you've had books before, you've had events and signings and things and interviews, and now you've got a new book, and it's not quite the same as it was. So how do you take this into the cyber world, or how do you promote a book or get out and read to people? You know, I have not actually had public reading spaces Um so everything I've done so far has been online, partially because of the current situation we're in and partially because I've got clinical anxiety. So the idea of going to a bookstore in the middle of the daytime and reading any of the things I've written it terrifies me. Um, but I tend to move in fanish circles. I love going to conventions. I love going to places like ReaderCon and WizCon and the COGS Expo. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know grabbing a bunch of people, getting into a hotel room and, like, huddling around somebody who's reading. That's my favorite kind of experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get with your, uh, yeah. Yeah, f- find people. your people. Yeah. That's, because yeah, exactly. I know I read a lot of this things that are, they require a specific audience. And we can get into, like, trigger warnings and tag warnings here, um, which is a major part of the online experience that has not translated yet into the, like, wider literary world. And I really wish that it had, like, a generation ago. I wish that when I'd been 13, I could have read the tags on the backs of books in libraries the way that I can on <laughs> fan fiction. <laughs> to be like, is there an on in this book? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, seriously. Reading old school sci-fi. Is well, there rampant mansplaining in this book? Oh, girl, yes, yes, preaching, sister, yes, you got it. (laughs) And I think that's what I love about online spaces is that they've developed their own culture of readership where it's much easier to find the thing you want to find and the people who want to read the thing that you want to find. It's like, hey, if you like this, you know, if you like these ten tags on Archive of Our Own, which one like you go this year, which mm-hmm. that's amazing. Um, if you like these ten tags, you'll probably like this and this and this. You know, if you enjoyed this fiction, try this fiction. It's the same flavor of scenario. Mm. So, yeah, like that. Or um, uh, my friend Liana Renee Heber. I don't know also if you're my friend. With I know her. her. Really? Oh, yes. wonderful. No, he, I know her through steampunk stuff. Yeah, I met her. Actually, I first met her in in uh, at, at um, in New York at Book Expo uh, about I maybe I, I don't know ten years ago or Temple Con in Providence in like oh, okay. two thousand eight or two thousand nine. 
Is she the coolest or what? She but, is so cool. You know, she was. She is. She was. I've never Wild seen West her in Sydney. I've and, only ever seen her in full decked out Victorian costume. You know, neither have I, because that's what I. Every time I've seen her, and she's talked. To, she even mentioned something because she, she was presenting. Uh, she did several. Um, panel workshops and one of the things she was talking about she says well when i'm in the subway and i might be just in my casual goth and i'm thinking mm-hmm. i'd like a picture of that i'd like to know what her cash goth is for the subway but she's <laughs> talking about when she's always dressed and you know when she does the ghost tours of new york but she said when people see the go, oh my god i can't believe what you're wearing oh i like your because if you like what i'm wearing you'll really like my books Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's great. Although I would think sometimes with sci-fi, I don't know if if that would be um, something you could always do or do partially. Say if you had a yeah, the thing I is, don't know. in Cygenic, people just wear regular clothes because it's it's you know alternate mm-hmm. present twenty minutes into the future sort of thing. So you can't really costume okay. for that. Kind of the point <laughs> is that it's hard to tell from a distance who's a cygenic and who's not until you see them up close and personal and can see, you know, the hardware jacks on their skin. Okay. All righty. Wow. This is... Well, then tell me, what do you have? Once, if we could all go out, if everything was, um, if, if COVID was gone and the um, killer hornets were gone, murder hornets were gone, <laughs> And hornets aren't real. Everything was... They're not as bad as people think they they're... are. <laughs> they're overblown. Really? Are are you a honeybee? Oh, <laughs> if you're not a honeybee <laughs> and you're not a beekeeper, you're gonna be fine. <laughs> well, if, okay. So if we could all go out and play again next week, like we used to do, and go out to places, what would be for you if you could uh, just? And this is not something I plan to ask you, but it's just talking to you and your imagination and your style and your intelligence. I just want to know if you could plan just the perfect um, event to launch Cygenic. Oh, gosh. Can you just kind of take a minute and let your mind ramble? And, and I mean, and think, you know, think however. Don't think about the money, the cost. Think about what the ideal would be. Uh, it would probably be a setting kind of like Aresia in Boston, where mm-hmm. I would be—I would know that I'm talking to a group of Spanish people. Um, I'm not sure it would work for like a you know Barnes and Noble bookstore tour launch. It's not really that kind of book. Um, I feel there would be a lot of pearl clutching. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 well, wait now. I will say for one client of mine, because the book was about a cop, homicide cop, that was kind of crappy, but because he was a, had a bad coke habit. But then he got fired, and the only people who were hiring were the drug dealers, and he did good. So I could set up a, a, a pop up nightclub with a burlesque performer. Well, she didn't perform burlesque, but at a Barnes and Noble. Oh, so, see, that's interesting. Well, well hey. Hey, as a friend of mine used to say, "With well, there's a will, there's a relative. So, you know, we can... <laughs> there's a way to make things happen, let me tell you. So, yeah, yeah, we put up a little police tape, lights, singing, a little club atmosphere. Yeah, so, hey, so, so yeah, so stretch it out there. It, it, yeah. See, my, my deep Boston. admission here is that I am a terrible I... marketer. Um, 
I I do not have a sales bone in my body. <laughs> um, I can Look, I can write and I then I can know. just like I post it someplace and it'd be like if you like this sort of thing read it, and then I scurry away to write more. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah yeah I, I know I can do it for other people I can press anybody else's book but when it comes to me I go well I did write a little book if you want it fine but if you don't want it that's fine you know but that, you can go and get it but that's okay yes yeah, okay yeah I can promote you. <laughs> But me, it's kind of like, ah, it's okay, yeah. You might like it. I don't know. But if you don't, it's okay. But, yeah. So, okay. So let's get back to the like, I know the exact the audience fantasy. who would eat this up, but I don't know how to find them in the real world. I know how to find them online. I go to specific communities and be like, hey, I wrote this, you know, hurt comfort fic with healing sex, and it, it's gay fiction, and there's uh, polyamory in it. Um <laughs> Well, there, well, and also social like revolution. Line. At some point, somebody's standing on a milk crate singing, Do You Hear the People Sing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So so are you talking about Second Life or something like that? No. This is all like Tumblr communities. <laughs> and back when Live Day was a thing, you know, Live Journal was uh, very big until Strike Through, which I could go on for ages about. And um, the the genesis of Archive of Our Own and the censorship that led to it. Um, but I'm not really I don't an authority on that subject. <laughs> I was just a okay, bystander. I got a second. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what a, you talk about Arija in Boston. I don't know what that is. Well, I, Arija is a, a fan convention, sci-fi, fantasy. Um, how, it's also got like the fetish free market vibe. It definitely has um, an undercurrent there, whereas after hours there's a lot of like sexually oriented programming. Okay. So it is the kind of place where oh. erotica debuts. All right. Yeah. Here um, it is. See, I tried. To, I didn't know how to spell a region, but now I pulled this and I go, oh, okay, fetishfairfleamarket.com. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> This is bringing me to a whole new world. Okay, I got it. I can dig it. So, all right. I guess I'm just trying to uh, to picture the just the great place for cygenics. Um And again, if you just if you just tuned in, I'm talking to Monique Poirier, and uh, she's been a writer. I think she was born a writer, and uh, she's an author costumer, convention goer, and activist uh, living in Rhode Island. She writes science fiction and fantasy, erotica, sci-fi erotica, steampunk, um, short stories, novels, and just thrilled to have her here tonight. Uh, Monique, what do you think? You say you know where your audience is. You know the audience for Cygenic and the characters, Dante and Nate, if if you were casting this, if we were going on Netflix, and I'm, you know... I'm oh, gosh, are you going to make me do fan we, casting because I don't know actor names? You don't? Okay. I don't. I'm sorry. I, I, have, I am not a visually oriented person. I am a very much uh, hyper-lexical, text-oriented person. And I generally let other All people right. do fan casting for me, and when they get it right, I tell them, yes, that. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Gotcha. Let's see. Well, then I'm I'm, I'm not going to do it for you. <laughs> I'm right, but I'm That's fine. Gonna. You don't have to. I didn't, you know. 
Someone will. <laughs> okay. Fan casting will happen online. That's the great thing about the online community. It will happen. And often I will have to disavow it as the author because I, I can't uh, – you can't read fan fiction of your own work if your work is ongoing. It's kind of scary like that. It becomes all sorts of legal things. What What is the favorite thing for you when you – create the idea for a book and, and create the world and the characters and the story and put them in situations and give them things to overcome. While you're writing, is it while you're writing or uh, or at the end of a book, what, and, and again, I'm asking somebody who doesn't know how to write stuff like write any kind of fiction, What what is the thing that excites you? The thing that I love more than anything is handing something I've written to another person and watching them react in real time. They don't even have to say anything, but just seeing, like, the eyes pop, the gasps, the giggles, the, you know, (laughs) when you realize that they have hit a line that has moved them. That is my crack. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's it. And that makes perfect sense. (laughs) Okay. Who who do you let read your work first? Is it friends or is it um, friends online? Usually, there um, other authors in this genre. Um, often not to publish, but for the love of it. I know lots of people who exclusively write fan fiction and have no in, intention of publishing in the traditional sense. Um, I've I got. A half dozen people that I know when I've written something, these are the people who are going to see this thing. Whereas if I've written something totally different, I have a different set of half a dozen people that I go, they'll want to see this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well, I just want to make sure that I tell people that um, you have a a Tumblr page and and it is Poirier. Excuse me, Poirier Monique. That's P O I R I E R M O N I Q U E dot Tumblr dot com, and I will be sharing on all of my social media. I've already posted the pictures of the book, but I will still continue to share uh, this week on all of my social media as far as Madam Perry as well as Jennifer Perry, uh, where people can get a copy of Cygenics and where they can learn more about you and all of your books. And I wish you the best of success. I can tell by talking to you and by reading about it and reading reviews, I can tell this is going to be a hit. Well, thank you very much for uh, having me. It's been lovely talking to you. It's been a delight for me, too. Um, I'm going to ask you, will you come back sometime? Sure. Um, I've, in fact, got another book in the works that I can't mention yet um, because it's still that early in the works. But when I can say more, I will happily say more to you. I would be delighted. Yeah, we've got so much more to talk about. And so, uh, yes, please do. And uh, by the way, folks, also, uh, the, we'll, I will get the draw, get somebody to do the drawing for the books from uh, Matt Coyle and Julie Blomicky. And you heard it. We are going to get... Monique Poirier back sometime. Monique, I wish you again if I said all the best.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.